Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil. The Red Sox take the three-game set against the Seattle Mariners by winning the finale tonight by a score of 12-3. to Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. We appreciate you tuning in as the Red Sox now head to the West Coast for a nine-game swing. They'll be playing at San Diego, get to see our old friend Xander Bogarts, and then they'll play three against the Angels and three against the Diamondbacks. But credit the Red Sox. They had lost four in a row after losing the opener of this three-game set against the Seattle Mariners, and now they've won two straight. The best part, the offense is back alive again with 21 combined runs over these last two games, and that comes after a stretch in which the previous three before these last two, they had only combined to score five. Again, Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. We're taking your calls, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. Would love to hear your thoughts on the Sox offense and the way they were able to strike again with 12 runs and you know what they've been able to do through 44 games. And would also love to hear your thoughts on Brian Bayo's performance. And it was sort of a mix bag tonight from him because he battled what was cold weather for mid-May. I know it's obviously New England where we live, but 52 degrees and the Red Sox jumped out to such a huge lead. It was it was one of those rare times where Bayo was actually working with the big lead and he ends up walking five, striking out seven. He also had 19 swings and misses and I just mentioned those three numbers because those were all career highs for Brian Bayo. The seven strikeouts actually ties a career high, but five walks, career high, the 19 swings and misses uh that's a career high for him as well but he got a little bit lucky tonight there were a couple times where he could have given up more than one run and again the command really wasn't there he threw 107 pitches in five innings of work but this is one of those games where you just thank the baseball gods and you take what you got and for Bayo. He he allowed his stuff to really work, get all those swings and misses. The changeup was excellent again tonight for him. And you know what? He walks away from this outing. He's still a young pitcher with one run, five innings pitched, and his third victory here in 2023. Again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937. Let's now hear what Alex Cora has to say after the Red Sox take this one 12-3 against Seattle. He was erratic. But his stuff plays. There's a lot of swing and misses on the sinker. He he struggled with command, but gave us five. Obviously, big lead. We did an amazing job offensively right away, and uh, that that was good enough. How much was Mark Morgan Reyes done for you guys last year? He's a good player, a player that we felt where we were roster-wise, and uh, you know, with the situation with uh, Arroyo, can come in and play against lefties and. And produce. He has a good swing. Uh, he played with my brother, for, for my brother, in Altoona. And we talk a little bit about him. And everybody feels that he can hit. And uh, he put some good at-bats today. He played some good defense. Uh, he's been really good for us. He's doing okay. Uh, he should be okay for Friday. Nothing showed Nick in the bullpen tonight. Is there anything? There's anything about the game? That's it? Uh, yeah, Turner. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But let's talk about the game first. Uh, no, it's just the progression. Um, I know last year it took a while, but just like Casas, just like Valdez, you know, they dominate the strike zone. And when they feel okay mechanically, good things are going to happen. 
Uh, we talk a little bit about this, you know, um, when we got him, you know, pool power here at Fenway. And, uh, well, it wasn't warm. But uh, it's going to get warm, and there's some fly balls that are going to go out. And uh, that's good for that, you know. And uh, his at-bats are really good, especially with men on. You know, it's just he grinds the at-bat. He fouls up tough pitches, and then he gets to tough pitches. He doesn't give them away and kind of like, you know, our mantra, right? Like put the ball in play, hit it forward. He's kind of like the one that sets the table. No, he just has a, like a cut. There's nothing there. He's just going to like wrap it up so he doesn't. He got some new shoes today, some Rafis, and uh, I guess it was bothering, you know, like scratching him. Going back to that, yeah, uh, Nick is going to the bullpen. Uh, Tanners is starting on Monday. Let's see how Bayo feels about this one, you know, tomorrow, and most likely he'll pitch on regular rest in an eye. Just where we at, you know, we're getting healthy, um, and um, you know, we got a lot of starters, and you know, um, he's going to be part of the bullpen. We I talked to him today, and uh, he understands. He, he's part of it, right? So just go out there and dominate your your role. And uh, we see him doing it doing it before. You know, he uh, he came out of the bullpen in October in uh, in '21, and he was really good. So. I think the stuff he's going to play, uh, we saw it yesterday early in the game. I think the fastball kind of like went down a little bit, command-wise and velocity-wise, but uh, he'll be a multi-leaning guy, just like Cutter, just like uh, Wink, and I think we got three good ones in the bullpen. All right, so that was Alex Cora talking after the Red Sox 12-3 victory over the Seattle Mariners. Again, the number to call in here for Red Sox review, 617-779-7937. And and that was – Alex Cora just – mentioned a lot of interesting things there he touched on a lot of interesting topics with that post-game press conference the last of which is the official announcement of Nick Pavetta going to the bullpen so he'll be a multi-inning reliever now for the Red Sox out of the pen he was actually uh, sitting out in the Red Sox bullpen the Nesson telecast picked this up that he was out there and this was something that actually I talked about yesterday on Red Sox review it was something that uh, seemed to be foreshadowing in in Alex Cora's comments uh, something that he had mentioned about some players in 2021 that had stepped up and, and had accepted their role being a starter or being a reliever like Garrett Whitlock and Martin Perez. And with w- the way Nick Pavetta pitched yesterday, and, and really that was just one of several outings he's had as a starter this season that just haven't quite been good enough. And yes, uh, he picked up the win. The Red Sox won that game yesterday 9-4, to but it, it's it's pretty telling at this point that he is not effective as a big league starter he has been in his career and who knows where the Red Sox are at at some other point this season where they may need him again but this is the right move uh, and Tanner Houck is as Alex Cora mentioned still will get uh, be in the starting rotation at least for the time being he's going to get the start on Monday at uh, Los Angeles against the Angels so for the time being now, Tanner Houck uh, will stay in the rotation, but Garrett Whitlock's coming back soon. He's having another rehab start on Sunday, so the rotation is starting to shake itself out. Uh, throughout this homestand, it was a six-man rotation. We saw Paxton, of course, get included in that. So there was a lot to figure out, and, and Alex Cora now saying it you know, publicly that Pavetta will be in the bullpen, and now we know where that stands. And of course, with Whitlock uh, slated to come back soon, will he'll be back in the starting rotation? And uh, with uh, Cutter Crawford uh, slated to also come back fairly soon, he's going to be uh, going out on this road trip here for the Red Sox's nine-game West Coast swing. So he'll be in the bullpen, and as his pitching staff, uh, you know, starts to figure itself out a little bit, we're now seeing where the pieces lie. Again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937 here on Red Sox Review. Uh, the Red Sox win this one 12-3 over the Seattle Mariners. Meanwhile, uh, just to give you a quick check on where the Celtics are tonight playing against Miami, it's uh, that game's about to be wrapped up. Uh, Miami ahead 120 to 114 now 121 to 114 with 27.7 seconds left in uh, the fourth quarter game one of the eastern conference finals the zombie heat uh, somehow finding a way to to pick up a win here on the road i know that celtics obviously we we, we've talked about the struggles that they've had in the playoffs but uh yeah this this miami heat team that was very mediocre all season is about
about to win Game 1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who could have predicted that going into the playoffs? But going back to the Red Sox, 16 hits tonight uh, for the Red Sox, and it was a continuation of what we saw yesterday when they had nine runs on 11 hits. And I want to touch again on a couple things that Alex Cora just talked about in his post-game press conference, one of which, I this is an important note, Alex Verdugo did leave the game today uh, as a precaution with left groin tightness, but he is okay. So Alex, uh, Alex Cora is saying there that uh, Verdugo will be okay for Friday's game at San Diego. But I thought it was interesting that he talked about Justin Turner and the way that Justin Turner has been swinging the bat now in the month of May. You know, the month of April, he did a nice job getting on base, but there wasn't a lot of power on top of that. You know, his... Uh, on base percentage in the month of April, and if you continue or you combine what uh, he did, you know, beginning of the season in March, his on base percentage was actually higher than his slugging percentage. That's not the case now here in the month of May. He's 18 for 56. He has as many extra base hits, seven that he did in March, April. And so he's starting to swing it well. And he mentioned something about Justin Turner in last year. Uh, where he stood in his season. And, and this was a fascinating part of Justin Turner's, you know, 2022 season with the Dodgers. He actually was hitting 217 with a sub 700 OPS through the end of June. And, and you have to think about this too. Justin Turner is not the youngest of guys anymore, but he had those numbers at that point through the end of June. And then he led the majors with a 349 average. It was third in uh, OPS with a 968 mark over his final three months. So he figured it out. This guy's a professional hitter. Every time I think about Justin Turner, I think about, yeah, you know, I want to say his name in full, Justin Turner, comma, professional hitter, because that's exactly what he is. And tonight he ends up, you know, blasting three hits and four at-bats. He hits a two-run home run uh, in the second inning that gave the Red Sox uh, a five-nothing lead at that point. Let's get you a full scoring recap of today's game uh, for the Red Sox. And, you know, they, they came out like gangbusters in the bottom of the first inning. Justin Turner singled with one out. Rob Refsnyder then singled to make it a two-on-one-out situation. Rafi Devers then blooped an RBI single to center to make it a one-nothing Red Sox lead. Masataki Yoshida walked to load the bases and then after Kike Hernandez flied out, Pablo Reyes, who Alex Cora highlighted in his postgame press conference, he hit a two-run double to make it a 3 nothing game. He hit that double off the Monsters. So the Red Sox led 3 to nothing uh, after the first. Brian Bayo was able to work out of a jam in the top of the second inning, and I want to get into that in my next segment about uh, what Brian Bayo did tonight. But So he works out of a jam. It's still 3 nothing. And then in the bottom of the second, after Alex Verdugo started off the inning with a double off, the wall Justin Turner decided to hey let's try and hit it over Gonzalez checks the runner deals home and it's swung on driven deep to left field high back by the wall and gone he lined it right through the wind a two-run homer for Justin Turner and the Red Sox have a five nothing lead so so that home run from Justin Turner was tonight's Nissan Red Sox post-game show highlight. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself today. Shop NissanUSA.com. So Justin Turner's fifth home run of the season made it a 5 nothing Red Sox lead, and then the Red Sox were not done after that. In that inning against Marco Gonzalez, the starter for the Mariners, who just had a very tough night. Inning in two-thirds, eight hits, eight runs, all earned, two walks, one strikeout. But in that bottom of the second inning, the Red Sox would tack on another run from Kike Hernandez. RBI signal to make it 6 nothing. Then they make the pitching change to Trevor Gott. He gives up a two-run double to Pablo Reyes, who has just been awesome for the Red Sox. This, this pickup has been you know, great for a team that has desperately needed some depth up the middle uh, with Yu Chang being on the shelf right now. So that made it an 8 nothing game. Jaron Duran strokes a single to make it a 9 nothing game so the Red Sox led three to nothing uh or nine to nothing after two innings and then the Mariners got one back in the top of the fourth inning but then the Red Sox exploded for three runs in the bottom of the fifth inning to just pad that lead up 12 to one at that point and sure the Mariners would get two back off of Joely Rodriguez's first outing in a Red Sox uniform nice to see him out there wasn't entirely effective inning pitched one hit two runs one earned two walks and no strikeouts so again his first appearance here in a Red Sox uniform. Didn't go great, but he had a 
pretty large margin to work with on top 12 to 1. And uh, the Red Sox end up winning this one by a score of 12 to 3. Ryan Sheriff. Chris Martin, Justin Garza. Martin pitched the seventh, Sheriff the eighth, Garza the ninth, and the Red Sox uh, get a, a solid amount of relief here today uh, from by- Brian Bayo, who went, again, five innings, three hits, one run, walked five, struck out seven. I want to dissect that performance a little bit more in our next segment on Red Sox Review. But would love to have you chime into the conversation. 617-779-7937. Do have an update for you. The Heat end up Picking up the victory against the Celtics, foreshadowed this with it winding down at that point, but the Heat beat the Celtics 123-116 at the Garden. So this Miami Heat team that was 44 and 38 overall in the season, 14 and 24, uh, 17 and 24 away from home, they've somehow beaten the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Knicks. That was sort of expected. But now they've come into TD Garden in one game one, 123-116. They exploded in the third quarter. That ends up being the difference uh, in this game. They scored 46 points in that quarter. And again, they win 123-116. But this is Red Sox Review. The Red Sox win 12-3 over the Seattle Mariners. Now 24-20 overall in the season. We'll pause for a short break. We'll come back with more Red Sox Review right after this on WEEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado? for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Red Sox take it over the Seattle Mariners, 12-3 here at Fenway Park. And the Red Sox are now 24-20 overall in the season. And the Red Sox taking care of business on the sports side with uh, the Miami Heat beating the Boston Celtics 123-116 to tonight at TD Garden. So that series is at one game to none in the Eastern Conference Final. Meanwhile, the Red Sox now 24-20, as I mentioned, and they hit the road for a nine-game swing. They'll play at San Diego, at uh the Angels, and then they'll play three against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They come back home on March 30th next to play against the Cincinnati Reds. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. The number to call in, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. You can also chime in with your Celtics thoughts. Had an eye on that game the entire night as I was in the booth here with Joe and Will and our entire crew tonight uh, watching today's Red Sox game. But the Red Sox offense is one of the big stories, really the, the story of the game. And what was a game that felt really sluggish? It was actually somehow sub three hours. Didn't necessarily feel that way, but it's because the Red Sox offense just jumped early and often against Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez came into the game 3-0 and record, 4.42 ERA, and the, the thing about him, though, was that the strikeout numbers were very low, 25 in 36 and two-thirds innings. And out of 153 pitchers with 100, play, uh, with 100 plate appearances against, 
where Gonzalez ranked was 132 out of 153 in strikeout percentage. So he comes in, he's not a strikeout pitcher, and he and he does get hit hard. La- last year he was a guy that had one of the worst strikeout rates in the sport, and this Red Sox team has been relentless really all year long outside of the little lull they had uh, coming into this series and then the first game of this series against the Mariners. But this is a Red Sox team that's just, it's it's really been remarkable to see how they've been able to just dominate starting pitching. I mean, this stat blows my mind every time I see it. Starters versus the Red Sox have now lasted fewer than four innings in 13 instances. That leads Major League Baseball. So starters, more times than not, are going longer, are not going long against the Red Sox. And, and it's because this offense that Bloom has put together, the starting pitching has been really the, the, the concern for you uh, in this 2023 season. And we're taking you all the way up to midnight, so we're going to talk about the starting pitching and the big news today with Nick Pavetta uh, now uh, being uh being put in the bullpen we heard Alex Cora talk about it and we'll play some Nick Pavetta sound about that as we uh, go here in the program let's go to the phones now let's go to Glenn in New Orleans he wants to talk about the starting pitching Glenn what's going on well how you doing tonight doing great doing great although the Celtics obviously that was a that was a tough one to see uh that them Uh, game one but here at Fenway everything went great tonight yeah uh, the, the starting pitching is going to be the bugaboo uh, because uh, the people that are coming back uh, to go into the rotation really are not uh, reliable. Uh, we don't have anybody that you can really count on and say, okay, I know this guy's going to go out and give me six or seven innings and uh, two runs, three runs maybe. Uh, and the question would be, if they're in contention at the trade deadline, do you think Bloom would make a move that would bring in a difference maker? Not, uh, you know, just somebody that's going to be one of the guys that we already have, but a difference maker. And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. All right, Glenn, appreciate the call, and you can join the conversation. Call in at 617-779-7937. We're talking Sox. We're also talking a little bit of Celtics after they lost today, 123-116. to The starting pitching, as Glenn mentioned, that, that has been the problem for the Red Sox this year, and, and, and the numbers bear that out in ERA among starting rotations in Major League Baseball. The Red Sox, 28th best in the sport, 5.84 coming into the night. Their hard hit rate was 28th, according to fans. Graphs, uh, innings pitched, they're they're in the bottom tier of that as well. They came in 19th coming into the night. I, I could go on and on. Home runs per nine, 29th in Major League Baseball. The one thing they do do well is strikeouts. Uh, they strike out batters. Uh, strikeouts per nine, they came in seventh into the night across the sport. And they need guys to start to be consistent. If they want to be a team that, that remains relevant in the American League East, and right now they're at the bottom of the standings, just a half game back of the Yankees who lost tonight, but they need that starting pitching to come through. And, and they need this rotation to sort of figure itself out now. Uh, now that they're they're starting to get everybody back, James Paxson's now in the rotation, and he's getting the start on Friday against the San Diego Padres. But then on top of that, Brian Bayo needs to be a guy that you can rely upon. Now, he's still a young pitcher going through his growing pains. He's 24 years old, and and happy birthday to Brian Bayo. Today was his birthday. Uh, and, and tonight we saw some some really good stuff in, in terms of the stuff itself, right? He doesn't go five innings and allow one run if he doesn't have good stuff. The, the, the changeup was awesome for him tonight in this game. And it's been a really reliable pitch for him. He gets so many swings and misses on it. And he got 19 swings and misses tonight, which is the best he's ever had in a big league start. But it's all about the walks. Today was sort of a weird day with how cold it was at Fenway just relative to where we are in the year, 52 degrees. And he talked about that in the postgame interview with Will Fleming. Um, but we'd like to see that control just be a little bit more under control because five walks, 107 pitches against an offense that came in in the bottom tier, you know, bottom third in Major League Baseball and slugging on base and average in the Mariners, and that's really where why they're now below 500. They, they have a good rotation, although that hasn't been the case the last two nights, but 
this was an outing that that Bayo threw way too many pitches, and there were also times tonight where he just got a little lucky. Taylor Trammell hit this ball deep to right field in the second inning with two on and two out. Joe and Will had talked about it at the time. In any other night, that probably would have been the three-run home run. And not probably, it would have been. But because the wind was blowing in around 18 miles an hour in this game, that ends up just being a fly out that Alex Verdugo had to make a, a weird route to get to the ball, but was able to make the catch and get out of that. And then a nice play by Pablo Reyes in the top of the fifth inning ended a bases loaded two out threat where Reyes had to range to his left and then tossing it over to first to Justin Turner to end that inning. And in the start for Bayo, just to wrap up this point here, but we'll go back to the phones. Bayo left nine men on base in this game. So again, he got lucky, but the stuff played. And he, he, he also got a lot of ground balls, which is what he does. He had a 62.5% ground ball rate coming into the night. Seven ground balls out of 12 batted balls, so so close to what his average is. And again, listen, he, he wasn't great, and he had a big lead to work with, and it was a weird weather night, and he still allowed one run in five innings. So you take it, you move on, and it helps out the starting numbers really in the end. Not the walk part of it, but uh, the ERA at least will go down a little bit. Let's go back to the phones. Again, we're chatting Sox. We're also chatting Celtics. Busy night in Boston. The Celtics lose the Eastern Conference Finals game one against Miami, 123-116. And then the Red Sox win tonight, 12-3. Let's go to Sean in Idaho. He wants to talk about the Celtics. Sean, what's going on? Hello, yeah, thank you so much for uh, taking my call. Listen, I'm really fed up with the way the Celtics play at home. Is there anybody who knows why this team plays bad at home in the playoffs? They're 8-10 and 10 in the last 18 home playoff games. I mean, this is bad, Celtics. If you're listening, this is bad. You have got to learn how to protect your home court advantage. And, you know, i got to tell you, bud, the fact is, and great show that you do all the time, man. I was just going to say this, though. So it reminded me a little bit of if, if this happens, could we have a, a little thing of like 2020 where they had big leads and the Heat came back and then snuck up and won? I mean, it's a joke the way they play. They need to take the home court seriously. I remember I called in last week, and I basically pointed out that the Celtics need to realize that Jalen Brown challenged us Celtic fans to be loud. But you know what? They walked it up the court. They missed free throws. They missed threes. I think we can all be in agreement for Celtic fans who are listening. Stop losing at home. Why is this such a problem? You have got to win on your home court. They walk. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. Do you think this is a curse or something, somebody? I mean, what do you think, man? No, Sean, I appreciate the call. It's just a part. It's a bug a part of this whole machine that is the Celtics right now. It, it, it is a weird thing with this team that is this talented, and they're not choke artists like the 76ers, right? We saw what, what just happened in that second-round series. That, that, that core that they have in Philadelphia, that is one that has a little bit of a loser DNA to them. The Celtics aren't exactly that way. I, I wouldn't say that. I do think that one series, though, that Sean that Sean just mentioned, and I appreciate the call, number to call in, 617-779-7937, uh, the number to chime in here on Red Sox Review. We're also touching on the Celtics uh, as they fell tonight against the Miami Heat, 123-116. to 116. You know, I, I do think the one thing uh, about their this run with Tatum and Brown, that 2020 series against Miami, that's one where – the talent, when you stack the two together, that that's a series you'd want back because I, I do believe the Celtics were more talented that season than the Miami Heat, who found a way as a five seed to make it to the NBA Finals, and now they're trying to do it as an eight seed. You know, 2021, okay, that, that was a really weird year. COVID was still a part of the discussion, and uh, they end up losing to, to a better team in the Brooklyn Nets when they had the big three there together. And then last year, okay, they were up 2-1 in the finals, and but they lost to a team that had championship DNA. So you can sort of excuse that. But this home stretch that the Celtics have had, it's it's completely unexplainable. Now, they did come through in Game 7, obviously. They came through in front of the home crowd, so Jalen Brown challenged the crowd, and that would have sounded really bad if they end up losing that game after Jalen Brown challenges the crowd, hey, rise, we, we need that energy. 
And, and they did come through and win that game. So now they're on to the conference finals, and this is a team that at least has been able to get to this round, like, again, a team like the 76ers. But this is why it's so frustrating to watch this team sometimes is because they have games like this, and especially in front of a home crowd, when you have a talent disparity advantage to the magnitude the Celtics do. You have to remember with Miami, they're without a couple of really key players. Tyler Hero, and on top of that, uh, Victor Oladipo not playing in this series, and yes, those aren't the best names you know across the NBA, but they're really important for a team that should be struggling for offense. Yet they score 123 points and they score 46 points in the third quarter. It's unbelievable. And now Miami is on top in this series, one game to none. And we saw what happened in the last series. Sometimes the Celtics lose this first game and they find a way to come back and win. And and if they do, it's because again, talent-wise, they're better. But it is amazing to see this Heat team somehow do this now across the league and now jump up in this series after beating a Bucks team that had the one seed that the Celtics were really going after that one seed with all year long. It's just remarkable. It's hard to even put into words what happens with this Heat team because they're really not that good, but yet they're coached really well, and I do think that there is a disparity there between Eric Spolstra and Joe Mazzula, you know, that could maybe swing this series in Miami's favor. But again, 123-116 the final there. The Red Sox win today, though, 12 to 3 against the Seattle Mariners. Wally and Fall River hang tight. We also will take your calls. Uh, 617-779-7937. Want to chat about the, the Sox rotation and the change that has been made. Nick Pavetta going to the bullpen. We'll hear some sound from Nick Pavetta. Also, Heim Bloom chimed in about this as well. Thanks to Zeke Telemaco for grabbing some uh, post-game sound for us. We'll play that coming up in the program. You're listening to Red Sox Review here on WEI. Andrew Meehan right now, though, has what's trending. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to Red Sox Review on WEEI. Garza's pitch. Swing and a high drive to center field. Hit well. Durant going back. Still going back. Turns in front of the track and makes the catch on the warning track to end the ball game and the homestand. The Red Sox score early and often as they roll to a 12-3 victory over the Seattle Mariners to win the series two games to one. So they are now 9-4-1 in series play this year and 7-2 in series play at home. 12-3 Boston. The Red Sox, the happy story in Boston tonight. They beat the Seattle Mariners 12-3 at Fenway Park. So the Red Sox take the three-game set over the M's. Boston now 24-20 overall in the season, 15-11 here at Fenway Park. They'll have the day off tomorrow, and then they start off a nine-game road trip, first with three against the San Diego Padres. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. The number to call in, 617-779-7937. I say the happy story in Boston on the sports side because, of course, the Celtics lost today, too, in the Eastern Conference Final Game 1 against Miami at TD Garden, 123-116. to And if you want to chime in about that game, feel free to call in about that. So we're talking Sox and Celtics 617-779-7937. We have some post-game sound from Nick Pavetta and Heim Bloom that I would love to get to later on in the program, and we will get to it in a moment with Nick Pavetta now being announced by Alex Cora that he's going to the bullpen. But let's now go back to the phones. My guy Wally in Fall River wants to chat about the Sox win. Wally, what's going on? What's up, Joe? Uh, pretty good night. We scored a lot of runs, but uh, you have to take in. We only went two and four on this homestand we could have easily gone four and two but uh, we got a tough road trip these teams aren't easy they're not you know marshmallow teams but we're going to walk all over you don't want to go two and seven but as far as the red sox starting pitching you got three veteran pitches uh you got uh corey clovis hale and uh paxton they got to step up too 
uh, as far as Hein Bloom looking for pitching, every team's looking for pitching, uh, especially starting pitching. When you see all the pitches already that have been on a disabled list around the leagues, you got the Grom. He's getting a ton of money. You've got uh, the Yankees gave a lot of money to Rodon, so it's not easy to get a, a good, a decent starting pitcher in the trade. Uh, we know Hein Bloom is going to look for reclamation projects. He's not going to give up anything. He's going to look for somebody else's. Uh, uh, what somebody else will deal to him. He's not going to give up a Duran or a Cassis. But uh, what's your take on this team right now? How do you feel? What's your gut feeling? Yeah, no, Wally, my gut feeling, and you hit on a lot there, and we appreciate the call. It, my gut feeling is that the Sox are in a, in a above-average team, but I'm still not quite there in terms of fully believing quite yet that they're a playoff-caliber team just because – their starting pitching is holding them back. And I mentioned a little bit earlier in the program the the issues from the starting side and where the numbers lie. I mean, they're, they're at the bottom of Major League Baseball in a lot of categories. Just to quickly rattle them off again, 28th coming into the night in ERA, 27th in batting average against, home runs per nine, that's 29th. The only thing they, they, they've done well on the starting side is strikeout batters. They were, they were seventh in strikeouts per nine in Major League Baseball. And, and by the way, if you want to grab Wally's line, feel free to do so, 617-779-7937. I, I thought it was interesting while he brought up Jacob DeGrom because just the mention of him made me think of the Texas Rangers and a guy that would have really helped this rotation this year and that's Nathan Avaldi. and the Red Sox made an offer for for Avaldi, but he decided to go with the, the Rangers I think in his mind he felt like it wasn't where he wanted it to be and the Rangers gave him uh, more years than than I believe the Red Sox were offering him at that point and he's been great uh, for the uh, the the Rangers so far this year and yeah I, I understand the the idea of not wanting to maybe sign him because he does have an injury history but the proofs in the pudding in terms of what he's done this year five and two two point seven zero ERA in eight starts he's got a sub one WHIP striking out a ton of guys as as he has a lot of times in his career he's a guy that you could you could have used this year and 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 despite all the names that could be starters quote unquote for the Red Sox uh he, he's not obviously among them because he's on a different team but I thought that stability was something that the Red Sox maybe could have used this year again I understand not wanting to um maybe spend that money on him just because he's on the other side of 30 he's 33 years old so I get it but you look at what he's done now, and, and you could say, oh, it would be really nice to have that guy. Because I think then you could take the Red Sox playoff chances, which are which are certainly probable. They're above 500. Their offense is awesome. Their relief core, outside of maybe like a week span that we just saw, has been really good this year. But the starting pitching is definitely holding them back. Again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937. The Red Sox, a winner over the Seattle Mariners, 12-3 to today. Let's go back to the phones. Wilson on Martha's Vineyard wants to talk about a guy that's been an unsung hero here for the Red Sox, Pablo Reyes. Wilson, what's going on? What's up, man? Hey, I'm not on the Vineyard tonight. I'm uh, coming back from the game. But uh, Pablo looked good out there. I mean, I forgot all about his EFIS pitch, but, man, two uh, <laughs> RBI doubles. He looked good. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, man, I miss Nate. I wish Nate was still with us, bro. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, keep Tanner in the rotation. Hawk stealing. You know? Well, I was agreeing with you on everything except for that last part. And, uh, Wilson, we do appreciate the call. And you can grab his line, 617-779-7937. The only reason I say that last part about how, and I, I do want to touch on Pablo Reyes, and I thought I was just laughing there about the EFIS pitch. I was actually, just a quick story, I was sitting third base side for the, the series opener against Seattle, and then I worked post game last night, and, of course, I'm doing it tonight here. But to see an EFIS pitch on ground level is just an absolutely hysterical. And it wasn't so funny for the Red Sox. I mean, they got blown out in that game. But just from a f- fan standpoint, it, it is it is quite the sight to just see, you know, guys throwing 90 to 95, sometimes, you know, upper 90s. And then all of a sudden, it's a completely different look when it's a position player pitching. And, and Alex Cora felt really bad after the game. Talking about putting Pablo Reyes in that situation, but listen, the guy's been really good. I mean, he's been a really nice addition for the Red Sox, and they, they, you know, they got him from cash uh, in exchange for cash considerations from the A's, and no, he's he's been awesome. Uh, he's he's a guy that has stabilized that 
the, the middle infield for the Red Sox. They, they've certainly needed that with Yu Chang on the shelf. And what's really cool is that he's now started five games. He's got a hit in every game. And, and today, four RBIs uh, and, and, a, and a couple of really big hits. He had a two-run double in the first and then a two-run double in the second. And he ends up going two for five with four ribbies as part of a 12-3 Red Sox win. He's been an awesome addition for the Red Sox. We'll see how sustainable it is, but you certainly have to like what you've gotten from him. You know, one of those scrap heap guys that Heim Bloom uh, likes to seek out and you know, he ends up producing, and he's a part of this offense that has just been awesome this year. Again, I talked about it, but they have been really great. Uh, let's now go back to the phones. Uh, Ricky in Boston, he wants to chat about the Celtics, who, of course, lost game one tonight against the Miami Heat. Ricky, what's going on? Nothing much. Just got uh, done watching Jimmy freaking Butler, baby. Go Heat! Oh man, we got we got a heat caller in here, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> Ricky trolling us right now after this tough uh, game one loss to the Miami Heat. Oh man, you know the the crazy thing about this. Okay, last year Miami is a one seed, right? So you meet the one seed in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Celtics were the two seed as they are this year. That makes sense, right? They were the one seed, okay? And, and I think a lot of people thought with the talent they had last year, because it's very similar to this year, and in fact, they're actually uh, with less guys than they had a, a, a season ago at this stage in the game with no Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. That made sense, though. They were the one seed, okay? They, and, and then they had home court, and they end up beating the Sixers in the second round, and then they play the Celtics and take them to seven. But this year they're an eight seed, and this was not expected. And they're playing Milwaukee in Game One, and then Giannis gets or in Round One, and then Giannis gets hurt, and then that series is sort of like it just becomes a weird thing. And Jimmy Butler, of course, goes off in Game Four for fifty plus points. I, I think I believe Andrew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was fifty three in Game Four for Jimmy Butler uh, in that Game Four against Milwaukee, but. Uh, it, 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 to see them now in this series, the, this the Zombie Heat, a team you, you would have thought was dead in the water, they almost didn't make the playoffs. I mean, that's another crazy thing is that they almost lost. Uh, they, they lost the first play-in game. They won the second one, but they were pretty close to losing that second play-in game. And yet here they are on top, one to nothing over the Celtics. And that, again, it was the third quarter in that game that was totally a killer. 46 points for Miami in that, and then Jimmy Buckets, uh, as that last caller just uh, alluded to, of course, that is the nickname for him. 35 points, 12 of 25 shooting. He's a bad dude, man. Jimmy Butler's a bad dude. And and, and, in the regular season, you don't really think of him as like a top 10 NBA guy. Because uh, when you really do that list, it's 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 a lot harder to put Jimmy Butler in that conversation. But he is just a different beast in the playoffs. And and then in Miami got some other contributions. Gabe Vincent, 15 points. Max Struess, 15. Uh, and then also uh, Bam Adebayo had 20. They actually had four different players with uh, 15 points. Caleb Martin also had 15. Kyle Lowry is going to be a guy that annoys us this entire series because he's just that type of player. And the fact that he's still doing it at this advanced age is pretty crazy. Miami Heat a winner over the Celtics, 123-116 to tonight at TD Garden. The Red Sox, though, a winner over the Seattle Mariners, 12-3. to Brian Bayo earns a victory on his uh, 24th birthday. But the big news now coming out of this game from a pitching side is what we just learned. Nick Pavetta now going to the bullpen uh, as, as part of what this rotation is starting to shape up to be. So in the rotation, you know, we, we, we now know James Paxson's in it because he just rehabbed all this time. He didn't pitch at all last year. Uh, so he's in the rotation now. He gets to start on Friday against San Diego. Brian Bayo, he's got to be in the rotation. He's your highest upside guy now. And, you know, again, he wasn't great tonight. I, I think he got pretty lucky in a lot of ways, but he also had a lot of swings and misses as well with the five walks. But uh, he did have seven strikeouts, and, you know, he did the job, allowing one run in five innings. So you, you pencil him in. Chris Sales looked awesome over his last three starts, and, of course, the money side of it, of course, he's going to be in this rotation, you know, on top of that. Uh, but then you have to figure it out between Kluber, Hauk, Pavetta, Whitlock, you know, they, they've signed Kluber to this short-term deal, but the money tied to it, 
that to me means he's got to be in the rotation unless he becomes abysmal and he hasn't been great, obviously. But I think at this point you still have to stick with him where the advanced age is, what you can get out of him from a starting standpoint in terms of just eating innings. He has to be there. And then at this point, the Red Sox, this front office wants to see what they can get out of Garrett Whitlock from a starting rotation standpoint. We actually did get some good news about Whitlock today uh, about uh, his right elbow. You know, he pitched a, a, a rehab game yesterday. He pitched pretty well in that, allowed one run in four innings. Uh, but we also uh, heard from him today. He talked to the media. He said the discomfort from his elbow neuritis subsided after a few days. He was pleased how he felt and his stuff in his rehab start for Worcester yesterday, and he'll make another rehab start in AAA on Sunday. So... Again, with with him working his way back, he's going to get back in this rotation. Who knows? We'll see. With you know, we'll see with Cutter Crawford. Uh, he's going to be back in the bullpen. Uh, he's he's about to join the Red Sox on this upcoming road trip. So, with that, Tanner Houck, who one caller talked about before, he's been great through the first three innings in his starts, but four through six, fourth inning through sixth inning. It, the numbers just spike up in a way that I, I think the proof's in the pudding at this point, at least at this juncture of his career, that he probably should be a bullpen guy. But Nick Pavetta, this is a guy that has started for the most part in his Red Sox career. And I say for the most part because we all remember what he did in the ALDS in 2021. You know, that game three performance where he ends up earning the victory in relief, four innings pitch, three hits, no, no runs, seven strikeouts against the Rays in that epic uh, walk-off victory uh, in 13 innings. The Christian Vasquez two-run home run. So we've seen that glimpse of Nick Pavetta in a long relief role or a multi-inning relief role, even though he's been primarily a starter for the Red Sox. With the way he's pitched this season, I think it got to a point in the mind of the front office and Alex Cora that they just couldn't continue to roll him out like this. He's been getting hit so hard. His ERA is at 6.30. You know, he, he is striking out more than a, a batter per nine, but, but the hard hit percentage is just not where you need it to be. It's been really tough. So they made this decision, and it was announced officially today that Re, that Nick Pavetta will be a part of the bullpen. Alex Cora said that in his postgame press conference. Thanks to Zeke Telemaco, uh one of our, our guys here at WEI, he got the sound from Nick Pavetta talking about that decision after the game. Let's listen in. So, uh, Nick, Alex said that uh, you guys had the conversation today about going to the bullpen. Um, obviously, you've made clear how how much you value starting. How, how are you? You know, how are you processing this? Yeah, um, you know, uh, great for every opportunity I'm given. Uh, I'm going to focus on you know helping the team uh, achieve our goals. Uh, going to go out there and um, do my job and throw up zeros and then help this team win. Obviously, you have some experience in the role, both you know with the Phillies in 19 and certainly in the post, you know, late in the season in, uh, in 21, do you, are, are you able to kind of like focus on how, how difficult is it to like move beyond the disappointment of not rotation to like focusing on like there, there is this path for me to make an impact. Yeah, I just don't think I'd make it this about me. I just go out and focus and, uh, you know, I got to pitch better and I got to go and start and do that right there. And, um, you know, the better I do out of the bullpen, the more I can help the team win and uh, move us towards our, our overall goal of winning World Series. I think that's what's most important. I saw your emotion back in 2021. You feel like, you know, with how much passion you have on the mound, that you can miss that and get up and take Yeah, I mean, I think it's nothing's going to change. I'm still going to go out there and compete. Um, I enjoy pitching. I enjoy playing for this team, and, and anytime I can go out and help this team win, uh, that's what I want to do. Obviously, like you weren't going to pitch today, right? Like you know, you threw a billion pitches yesterday. Um, was uh, what you? Why did you make the decision to hang out in the bullpen today? Uh, you know, I just got moved to the bullpen, so that's where my where I belong, and that's where I'm, I am. So I'm going to show up there uh, for my uh, teammates out there, um, and you know, go out and do my job. Good. Thank you. Oh, just going to say, along those lines of having success in that role previously, is, is that something you can look to to at least see the silver lining, so to speak? Um, I'm, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to focus on going out there, getting back to what I need to do. I still need to pitch better than I have. Um, you know, little bits at a time, getting innings and innings and uh, multiple innings as, as I can, and just continue to get back into my rhythm. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so that was Nick Pavetta talking about the decision that Alex Cora and the front office have made now about 
uh, him being moved to the bullpen from the starting rotation. And, and again, just the numbers for Nick Pavetta from a starting side, his ERA at 6.30, it's tied for 105th out of 118 starters who have thrown at least 30 innings. So that was him reacting to that news pub- as now it's been put out publicly. So the reporter's and, and the media wanting to get his reaction to that. You know, I thought he handled that very professionally, and it was a different type of reaction than the one uh, in, in Atlanta after a really tough start against the Braves where he, he was he, he was very defensive. And, and sometimes it's easy to criticize these guys when uh, they don't react in, in the in the best way possible to tough questions. So so you understand he's coming. You know, it came after a brutal start talking to the media, knowing he's struggling, and then they're asking about his spot in the rotation. But he was really defensive in in that answer uh, first time around after that start against the Braves about it, about your rotation spot. He said, "All I've done here is start." And you know, uh, I, he's like, yeah, he kept saying, "I don't understand the question." I all I've, you know, all I've done is start here, but. You know, again, for, for Pavetta, it just really hasn't been there for him. And the numbers have gone down now over the last couple seasons from an ERA standpoint and, you know, how hard he's been hit. You know, because 2021 he showed promise. And in 2022, I the numbers, if you just look at what he did that season, it doesn't quite say it. But he did have some really impressive starts within that year. But now they're going to throw him in a bullpen role. The bullpen could certainly use him as an arm, and we know Alex Cora at this point doesn't want to go for a six-man rotation because what it ends up doing is is taxing the bullpen. So Pavetta, as we started to, to see, I, I talked about this last night on Red Sox Review, the tea leaves were there, and I'm not saying I'm a genius by saying this because it seemed like it was it was. If you followed this team, it was the most likely scenario uh, of happening. And I think Tanner Houck will probably be the next domino. He's getting the start, according to Alex Cora, on Monday uh, for the Sox. That'll be uh, at uh, Los Angeles against the Angels. But I think when Garrett Whitlock comes back, Houck will go to the bullpen because of his his issues uh, from innings four through six this season that have been apparent, even though he's been so good at the beginning of starts here in 2023. But the the news that we we expected to get about Nick Pavetta we now have and it was great to get that sound and hear what he had to say again I thought he handled it really professionally after you know that tough reaction in Atlanta which was understandable but it was defensive I mean that's just the reality of 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 that response and now we see how he moves on from here and what he can do for the Red Sox in a bullpen role. Uh, the number to call in here for Red Sox Review, 617-779-7937. We've also been chatting a little bit uh, a little bit about the Celtics who fell today against the Miami Heat, 123-116 to at TD Garden. We'll hear from Heim Bloom about uh, this Nick Pavetta news when we come back. But again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937. The Red Sox beat the Seattle Mariners 12-3 at Fenway Park. We'll pause for a short break. We'll come back with more Red Sox review and then wrap up the program right after this on WEEI. This is Red Sox review on WEEI. Red Sox head out to the West Coast, a winner in their final game of the homestand. They beat the Seattle Mariners by a score of 12-3 to tonight from Fenway Park. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review here at Fenway Park. The lights have been shut off, dark field, and it will be uh, dormant for a bit here at Fenway with the Red Sox gone, but they will be heading out to the West Coast, playing three games starting on Friday against the San Diego Padres and then three against the Angels, uh, followed by uh, three uh, more West Coast games against the Arizona Diamondbacks to round out that trip, and then they come back home to Fenway on March third, uh, May 30th rather, uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. So. Uh, a little bit of a time away from Fenway and a 2-4 and four homestand. They end up getting swept, of course, by the Cardinals. They lose the first game of the series against the Mariners, but a big win tonight after a big win yesterday. The offense, 16 hits, 12 runs today. Yesterday it was 11 hits and 9 runs and 6 different players with multi-hit games for the Red Sox tonight. So uh, the, re- the offense is back on track and they've been the guiding force for the Red Sox to be above 500 this season as they're now 
and 20 overall. Uh, the number to call in if you want to get a final thought in 617-779-7937. I just wanted to play a little bit of sound before we headed out today. The big postgame news, one that we expected, but it's now official that Nick Pavetta will be uh, moved to the bullpen from the starting rotation. He'll have a multi-inning uh, role in the bullpen, most likely. And, you know, he's had his struggles this season. But the the one good thing about this is that we have all seen what Nick Pavetta can do from a relief standpoint. We all saw it in 2021 in the ALDS Game 3. Heimblum, who of course acquired Nick Pavetta, he had a chance to talk to the media about the decision that uh, the Red Sox collectively have made to move to the bullpen. Let's just listen into what Heim had to say. <laughs> Well, we're getting healthier, um, you know, knock on wood. Um, so, you know, we, I, as as you guys have known, you know, we have more starters than spots. So, that that's a good thing, but it obviously means we're going to have to make a tough decision. Um, just fits where we are right now. I mean, yeah, he's going to help us win games out there. I think we've shown this year, and Alex and the staff have done a great job showing that. Uh, starters in the bullpen as multi-inning relievers is critical and can really help you win games. So he's going to fit right in there, and, and he's going to be able to help us win out there. You've seen him out of the bullpen before, uh, obviously in 21. Um, you know, is is this a case where you'll want to kind of like renew his acquaintance with the bullpen, or do you feel like he's someone who you can kind of throw into leverage, even multi-inning leverage spots as soon as he's rested? I have no doubt that he could do it. I mean, obviously, we have a few guys out there who are capable of that. Um, you know, really like the group that we have out there. So we'll see how it unfolds and obviously how, how Alex decides to use everybody. But I have no doubt that he's capable of doing it. Do you feel like the personality, you know, we, we saw kind of the high wire that he rode in 21. Um, yeah. How do you feel? Do you feel like there's like there might be uh, a good fit? For, uh, a, a role for personality? Yeah, but I, I felt that way too about him in the rotation. I mean, we talked about it before. This guy taking the ball every single time, he's a horse in the rotation. Obviously, the results of late have not been what we wanted, not been what he wanted, um, but still think he's capable of that, and I have no doubt he's going to be able to help us in the pen. You saw how he's handled our questions about that. How did he handle it in your conversation with him? Um, I thought he was great today. I mean, he cares a lot, uh, obviously, you know, it's no secret. Uh, he, like a lot of guys, you know, prefers to start, but he knows he can help us out there. You know, he, he, he cares about his role, but he really cares about winning and about dominating hitters. He's going to have a chance to do both out there, and he knows that. Do you worry about buy-in at all? Uh, with him? Yeah. No, because he's a competitor. He likes to compete. Um, he knows he can have success out there. Uh, obviously, for us, our experience of Nick in the bullpen is electric. Uh, it was obviously in different circumstances uh, to clinch a playoff spot, to go do it in the postseason. Uh, but that's our experience of him out there. Uh, he knows we have a lot of belief in him. And he's seen it just like everybody's seen it, that you know you put a starter out there and you're not putting him in the witness protection program. You're putting him out there to, to leverage them and, uh, and help you win. And you know he cares about that. So I think he'll be fine. All right, so that was Heim Bloom talking about the move uh, that the Red Sox have made to put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen uh, from the starting rotation. The numbers coming into uh, or that that have played a part in this decision. You know, he's three and three on the year, but six point three zero ERA, and he has allowed nine home runs in forty innings. So he's just been hit really hard, and the Red Sox end up making this decision to move him to the bullpen. You heard Heim Bloom talk about it that the Red Sox have, uh, you know, they have more starters than spots. Now, I, I'm actually curious in the long term how many starters really they have here, but the seven names for the five spots. Uh, Brian Bayo, who pitched tonight, earned the victory here on his 24th birthday. Uh, Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Tanner Houck, Nick Pavetta, and Garrett Whitlock. So now Pavetta's out of the mix, and now you have to remove one more because Alex Cora wants to go to a five-man rotation. I would presume at this point that it's Tanner Houck going to the bullpen next, and then they're going to go with that five of Paxton, Bayo, Kluber, Kluber, Sale, and Whitlock, at least for the time being. 
but it, it just was a move that had to be made because he just hasn't been effective this year. And there is the upside of at least knowing, hey, when he's been in this role before in some really high leverage spots, we just heard Bloom talk about it, to clinch a playoff spot. He was in a reliever role, and that's the only other relief outing he's had uh, during his time with the Red Sox in the regular season. But, of course, he's also alluding to that game three against the Rays where he went four innings and uh, – didn't allow a run in game three of the ALDS in 2021. Then the Red Sox won in walk-off fashion against uh, against the Rays thanks to the Christian Vasquez two-run home run. So there is a precedent for it, and we'll see what it happens now uh, with him in the ro- uh, out of the rotation in the bullpen. That's the big news coming at it today. But, of course, the other big news, the Red Sox defeating the Seattle Mariners 12 12- to three tonight. So the Red Sox are now 24 and 20 overall in the season, and they head out west to play some National League teams and also one American League team in the Angels. Uh, that'll be the middle part of that stretch. They first play San Diego in a three-game set. That'll be a road trip starting on Friday, and first pitch in that game at 9:40 p.m. Eastern Time. The Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show starts at 8.40 p.m. want to thank Andrew Meehan doing a fantastic job in our WEEI studios. And want to thank everybody today that helped out with the broadcast. I'm Joe Weil from Fenway Park giving you the final one final time. Red Sox 12, Mariners 3 tonight. Thanks for listening to Red Sox Review on WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.